Hello to all friends and fans of the pulp, paper and bioproducts industries. Welcome to our exciting Android Spectrum podcast, where today our subject will be the circular bioeconomy at pulp mills. I am Mark Rushton and I will be your host. It is said that necessity is the mother of all invention. And as we find ourselves in what some commentators are calling a climate emergency, we all need to be looking at ways to lessen our impact on the planet and to help mitigate climate change. We need more innovation, inventions and new products to help us to do this. Andritz has already carried out a lot of work in reducing emissions, closing loops and developing new technology for replacing products made using fossil fuels. But now it's reinforcing its ambition with the launch of the Circle to Zero initiative. The initiative is encouraging all pulp and paper industry players to really push the boundaries in this area of reducing impact on the planet and most importantly creating new innovative bioproducts. Today we've gathered uh, circular bioeconomy experts from different areas of the industry to talk about circularity at pulp mills and to give some concrete examples of circle to zero in action. So we are delighted to be joined today by our guests from various locations across the world. We have Yuko Kantala, who's the founder of the World Bioeconomy Forum. We have Naveen Chenna, who's head of business and technology development, Andritz. Yane Rantala, vice president, biofuels and green chemicals, Veolia and Matti Tovenen, Vice President of Technology, Metza Fiber. Welcome, gentlemen. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Good to be in here. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Excellent. The first question, I think, um, let's go to Yuka Kantala, uh, founder of the World Bioeconomy Forum. Yuka, tell us briefly about the forum and then give us an overview of the importance of the circular bioeconomy sector as you see it. Yeah, thanks, Marx, and uh, I'm glad to be here in this podcast. My name is Jukka Kantalan. few words about the World Bioeconomy Forum. So uh, uh, the forum itself was established in 2018, so this is already the fifth edition as such. And within the forum, we think that there's no one size fit all bioeconomy. Instead, there are always okay, the bioeconomies which are based on their own strengths. And that's the reason we are then having these forums or, let's say, annual conferences in the various locations. Uh, within the forum, okay, we also think that okay, uh, there's no strict sort of, let's say, okay, definition for the bioeconomy. So uh, that's the reason we have derived that it's better to analyze what's the status of the bioeconomy. And for that purpose, we have uh, created okay, the four-pillar structure uh, which consisted, okay, the communication with the various stakeholders. The first pillar is that, okay, the bioeconomy people ban policies. Second pillar is about that, okay, uh, corporate leaders and the financial world. Third pillar, uh, bioproduct around us. And then, okay, the fourth pillar is looking to the future. By this lens, we can say what's then, okay, the status of the, okay, the bioeconomy and we are always concluding that specific season by the annual declaration, and that will be then published during the okay, last day 
of the annual conference, as we did in Brazil, as we are going to do here in, in Finland. So uh, that's what do we do. We are then offering these these services that, okay, for all the interested parties. And then if you go would like to dive deeper on this, then we are having to get the membership programs that we are having to get uh, in-depth discussion. And we are very happy that also Andrit is, is that, okay, our member of that, that uh, setup. Okay, you mentioned that uh, one of the main pillars of the forum is bioproducts around us. So increasingly we're hearing this word substitution, these words substitution effect. So can you tell us about the substitution effect and how bioproducts help to mitigate climate change? Yeah, I think that okay, we all know that okay, the bioproducts do have a multiple roles and they are sort of good, let's say, okay, references for the bioeconomy. Um, from the various point of view that okay, they are based on okay, renewable resources and they are, most of the cases, okay, based on the sustainable feedstock, and they are recyclable. It's not at all the case for the okay, products what we are using in an everyday use. But besides that all, it is coming even more important, or as important is that okay, the bioproducts are always superseding the okay, fossil-based products. Once you are doing that, then you are then okay, reducing the dependence of the fossil uh, fossil future. So uh, does that sound familiar? Is that the one what we are always talking about when talking about the mitigating the climate change? So uh, within the industry, there is a wide, let's say, comprehension that these bioproducts do play a role. But what's the missing issue is that, okay, for time being, they are not acknowledged within the policies. Mm. Okay. But I think that we, all of us here know, and particularly all of us in the pulp and paper industry know that and the chemicals industry increasingly, that bioproducts are, are pretty much vital now. We really need to be going down that road. Um, thank you very much for that, uh, Yuka. So nice to have a helicopter view of what's going on within the, uh, the whole forum there. So um, Naveen, uh, turning to you, you have been instrumental in the formation of the Andritz Circle to Zero initiative. It's getting a lot of interest out there. Can you tell us more about the initiative, its aim and ambitions, and also give us an example of some of the work you're doing under the Circle to Zero umbrella? Yeah, thank you, Mark, for the question, and I'm also glad to be here. Uh, Circle to Zero is uh, our approach to turn customers' zero waste and zero emission visions and targets into sustainable reality. Where? both financial and environmental value creation can meet. And I think that we all know and recognize that this is not without its challenges. But the fact is that pulp and paper industry plays a key role in the transformation towards a fossil-free economy. Most notably, we call it bioproducts industry nowadays. And we have three approaches in the circle to zero and we, where we take this quite uh, seriously. First, it is our, uh, as a company, it is our responsibility to enable customer visions and we take this very seriously. As an equipment process uh, and automation supplier, we have to serve our best to our customers. Then, we are continuously introducing new technologies that are sustainable 
environmentally and economically to our customers. And we are trying to define this journey as a shared journey. This will be very important that we cannot face the challenges as an equipment supplier or our customers as a product manufacturers. But we have to work together to solve the common problems and at the end it would solve the uh, problems that exist in the in the pulp and paper industry. We have taken a three-phase approach in this uh, Circle to Zero initiative. It took quite a long time on framing the sentences, what needs to be done, prepare a strategy, how this could be done, and finally we came that this shared journey could be uh, in the first step, less side streams produced with optimized processes. We are talking about an existing pulp mill that runs quite quite well, but we need to uh, try to create the less side streams possible. In the second step, we need to check if any the side streams that a pulp mill produce could be utilized inside the mill. And that would be, of course, uh, better in a financial and uh, environmental way that it doesn't need to be transported outside the mill. If we can do that and cannot achieve complete uh, utilization of side streams inside the mill, we can also look into new value-added products from side streams and, uh, and that could be sold outside the pulp and paper mill for for uh, additional revenue generation and i think over this this over this call we will discuss about uh, different uh, side streams that we are talking one namely i can take is a, a sulfuric acid plant that exists in the modern mills now we are building a world biggest sulfuric acid plant in a pulp mill in clubin where the CNCG waste gases can produce, uh, can be converted to sulfuric acid and that sulfuric acid can be used all over the mill. This will reduce sodium losses from the pulp mill quite significantly, sulfur emissions, but also the recyclability of chemicals in the pipe pulp mill will increase many, many fold. Uh, finally, we don't need to transport the many truckloads of sulfuric acid to be used in the pulp mill. And I think this is one concrete example, but we will have a lot of examples as we discussed today. Excellent. Thank you for that. Now we're going to move uh, on to Mati Toivinen, who works as Vice President of Technology for Metza Fibre. A very interesting job you have there, Matty, if I may say so. I follow Metza Fibre's work quite closely. I've been to Anakoski, your amazing bioproduct mill, a few times now. There's always something going on there. So can you tell us more, a little bit more about the, the strategy of the Metza Group when it comes to the circular bioeconomy at your bioproduct mills? Yeah, sure, sure Mark. Thanks. Uh, I've also, also visited our Anakoski mill a couple of times, and, and I strongly agree with you that there's always something interesting going on in there. Uh, when it comes to, to our bioproduct mill concept, we, we of course start uh, thinking from the point that we, we should be able to make valuable products from our, our raw material, which is Nordic wood mainly. And that's the, the whole idea behind the concept, so that we are 
able to get the best out of our raw material. Uh, of course, energy is one of the key elements in the in the pulping industry and, and I would say all the industries. We are already on the surplus side what it, when it comes to, to the energy, but still we want to, to be better in, in the efficiency in that side. And, and also uh, we are getting rid of all the fossil fuels in the bioproduct mills. That's already done in, in our Anakoski mill. And, um, and also our other mills will be in that stage before 2030. That's that's our target. So we are really, really going there. Uh, then uh, when we think about uh, the waste streams or, or side streams, whatever you, you want to call them, that's a uh, uh, really Im- important part of, of the bioproduct milk concept. And the idea is that we are able to find uh, good uses for all the streams that are coming out from the mills, meaning that uh, we are able to, to run the mills with the zero waste level, so to say. means that all the streams coming out uh, from the mill can be used for, for the next processes and, and something clever can be done out of them. Then also we have other sustainability targets and uh, maybe the most uh, interesting and the challenging one at the moment is that we are looking for the concept of uh, water emission free pulp mill and um, we have done done cooperation together with Anritz on on that project and uh, it's it's uh, it's really long term uh, target and uh, there's still some needs uh, needs to be fulfilled before we are there but um, it's good to have challenging enough targets so that you you keep the development going on. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, And you personally, what is your favorite bioproduct from a bioproduct mill? Ah, tricky one. Uh, Pulp is great. That's that's the heart and that's the main product still coming from from the bioproduct mill. But uh, maybe my favorite is still energy. That's that's not the product, but uh, we need energy and... and, uh, that it's needed also in the future. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Certainly needed in the near future, in fact, the way things are at the moment. Fantastic. That's so true, yes. Thank you for those great answers. Excellent. Um, we're now moving on to Jana Rantala, Vice President of Biofuels and Green Chemicals, Veolia. Your job title uh, really hits the nail on the head when talking about the bioeconomy, uh, Jana. Can you uh, please tell us about your role and the type of work that you're doing in the sector? Absolutely. I'll, I'll start a little bit background. I've, I've been 20, 20 plus years in, in uh, let's say, the, the, the green chemistry, renewable chemistry sector. And and, uh, and just to, to answer your previous question, what's my favorite uh, uh, co-product, byproduct from a, from a, from a uh, a mill, I would say it's turpentine because of the versatility on, on how, how far you can actually take it to to different uh, different kind of, uh, let's say, uh, chemicals, uh, perfumes, uh, the vitamins, etc. But that's 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 from my previous life when I when I used to work with with these so-called pine chemicals. Transferring to what I'm what I'm doing today is is uh, is obviously I, I joined Veolia uh, early 2021. And, and uh, while I was attracted to Veolia was obviously, let's say, Veolia's purpose of, of the ecological transformation. So basically, 
the, the, the whole renewable usage of renewable resources, circular economy, that's always been close to my heart as I've been, even if I'm a pulp and paper engineer uh, from, from the education, I've always been working with, let's say, the green chemicals and green chemistries and, and uh, and currently, I'm working in Veolia's uh, business development team, where we have, let's say, the objective to develop uh, new energy or new chemical feedstock sources from from waste or residues. And and uh, I've been part of this uh, what we call the Odin project within Veolia, which is uh, obviously a, a methanol recovery project from the craft uh, craft process. Obviously, methanol is formed during the process and, and it, it has been obviously burnt this far and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit later about the process of, of recovering it. Uh, besides, let's say the discussion with the pulp and paper uh, uh, processes, we are looking into, into also other kind of uh, process technologies, uh, heavy industries in general. Uh, I think uh, the themes are related to carbon capture, biogas, e-methanol, uh, other co-products, byproducts, which can be utilized on industrial scale. And of course, what fascinated me with Veolia was not only the strategy and the purpose, but also, let's say, the, the resources available to, to make all of these things happen. And that's why there's a lot of nice words always in the word, but actually people doing something about it is, is the second thing. And, and that's kind of what intrigued me with Veolia was that the resources were made available to kind of get things happening. I, I totally agree with you on that. You hear a lot of words, you do, but but then when something actually starts to happen, it's, it's very impressive, really is. And it's got to be said that the pulp and paper industry are doing fantastic things now in that sort of area. Um, we're going to stay with you, actually, Yanni, um, and uh, we'll talk about the very exciting new announcement that was just recently came out. Um, Veolia has ordered a 12,000 ton a year biomethanol plant from Andritz that will be installed next to Metsa Fibers Anakoski bioproduct mill in Finland that we were talking about earlier. Um, startup is scheduled for 2024. Can you tell us a bit more about this important project and, and also the importance of this business model, which sounds very intriguing? Yes, absolutely. So I think, I think first of all, I think I think I'd like to emphasize kind of uh, this as, as a great example of of collaboration between Veolia, but also an industrial partner like Metsa Fiber. So Metsa enables Veolia to, to, to build and operate a, a plant which utilizes Metsa's uh, co-product, byproduct of methanol at, at their site. Also, let's say, providing Veolia with, with uh, needed utilities and, and wastewater treatment services. So we're fully integrated partner with METSA from that perspective. And, and But of course, we need an industrial partner like Andritz who has the knowledge and capabilities of, of uh, commissioning such a plant. Uh, methanol has been existing, of course, and has been known as being a potential byproduct uh, or co-product from the pulp mill for, for decades. Uh, but of course, let's say the impurities in the product have made it difficult for companies to, to utilize that uh, potential. And of course, with the new technology, uh, hundreds has, uh, let's say, allowed Veolia uh, uh, to, 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 to purchase, it is possible to get to a really clean 
uh, EMPCA quality methanol, which is uh, a potential raw material for chemicals. It can be used as a fuel. And of course, it's the, it's the basic chemical building block for, for many, many chemicals. So a lot of potential there. Uh, of course, we will be responsible for, for operating the, the plant. We will also be responsible for, for uh, selling and marketing the, the products uh, as, as such. And, and of course, uh, our intention clearly is that if this first plant is successful the way we intend it to be, that, that there will be more of these kind of plants in the future. So we see it as a significant potential globally to tap into a resource which has not been utilized before to the full extent. Of mm. course, it's been used as a fuel, uh, in, in, in internal internal fuel for a pulp mill, but like Matti said, the pulp mill is already, already has more energy than they need uh, at, at their site, which means that being able to, to, to purify it, it gives it opportunities to be used in, in a lot of other applications. Mm. As you say, uh, this is going to be a very exciting space to watch, definitely in the future. Where, where else could you see these units being installed? Do you think? Have you got any plans? Any thoughts? Uh, we have we have a lot of a lot of lot of plans, obviously. But of course, uh, you need to start looking at where the craft mu- craft pulp mills are being built or are are already existing. Of course, uh, of course, methanol is not dependent on, on on the wood. You get methanol from all different wood sources. Uh, Eucalyptus, birch, uh, pine, spruce, and any any pulp creates methanol of, of of different quantities. So, so I think it's more about kind of building the business model so that 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 you have the units in right right locations and you can utilize the the raw material potentially for multiple different mills going forward. Yeah, uh, it could be well be truly global. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that. Very exciting. Uh, Matty, can you comment further on this move from Metza Fiber's perspective? Yeah, sure. For, from our perspective, uh, this is actually quite a nice example of how we are willing and uh, and able to to develop our bioproduct mill further on. As as Janne said here, the methanol has has been there for for decades, and uh, and the traditional use has been that uh, we have burned it in the pulp mills. And um, from from our perspective, it's been so to say okay to do it do it like that. But the potential has has of course been seen. And now now when we had these these discussions, it was uh, also uh, discussed internally should we should we do it by ourselves or or should we look for for a partner here who is able to to go on with with this value chain. And uh, in in this case, it was seen that uh, maybe it's better that uh, someone else is doing it. Uh, we are are moving into the value chains which are not so familiar for us. And uh, and Velia has, as as Janne said here, clear picture where to go with that. And um, that's that's why it turned turned out to be be this way. And and it's really nice that we we can start this kind of of cooperation and. Uh, and uh, we are getting a better use for the for the methanol from from our mills and maybe maybe one day in the future we we are able to use that purified methanol also in in our own processes and so that would be of course quite a quite a good example of of circular economy 
Absolutely. And again, right down to that central subject, you know, circularity is a classic case of, of this working in action. Um, Naveen, this is a really interesting business model. These are, this is the sort of thing that you were talking about at the, at the beginning. And it's a very interesting relationship between Metzafiber and Veolia. Um, can you comment on this partnership and perhaps you can enlarge on other business models that could take place in the future between different parties at Pulp Mills? Yeah, sure. Uh, I will just add on to the topics that Janne and Matti has raised. I couldn't agree more with their assessment on the on the Veoli and, and the Metsa partnership. And if I remember correctly, when Metsa wanted to build a pulp mill in Anakoski, they specifically said it's a bioproduct mill. Uh, it doesn't mean that they produce all the bioproducts, but they actually create a platform for potential bioproducts to be to be extracted from the pulp mill and therefore creates a proper and a positive environment for the bioproducts. And I think this is really a great example for their uh, first uh, initial thoughts when they start to build a bioproduct mill in uh, 2014, I, if I remember. Uh, then when it comes to the Anakoski and Metsa partnership, I think this is the simplest and and uh, and the quickest way to to look into the uh, how the products could be marketed how the products could be produced and i agree with mati that uh, maybe pulp mill doesn't need to know the biomethanol markets who should they sell it and and so on whereas on the other side veolia is quite uh, experienced on on that side so uh, instead of creating all the puzzle pieces in a pulp mill to a bioproduct mill, it would be better to get a value chain partner like Veolia and work together to, to convert some of the traditional side streams from the pulp mill to really bioproducts. And I think this collaboration is uh, one of the best examples. And from now on, I think it is not only for for example, biomethanol, but other products as well from the pulp mill. If you if you look at side streams from the pulp mill, uh, it doesn't need to be a pulp mill that actually own own and operates new technologies in the future. But a value chain partner or a third party could work together with the pulp mill uh, over the fence model or own and operate model could be good examples where the pulp mill would provide the utilities, provide the raw chemicals or raw materials to be refined, purified uh, for, a, for a better value products or value-added products. And the, and the pulp mill can take the possible side streams from these new technologies because the pulp mill have most of the, uh, most of the technologies that could actually uh, handle any side streams that would come from the new technologies and uh, when we look at in the future i think it is it is the best best case scenario for a pulp mill or or a third party or or, or value chain partners to to work together and including a technology and a 
equipment provider like us to be part of this sort of a consortium development, helping the industry to move towards more biocircular economy, in my opinion. Great. Hey, we've asked uh, the other guys, um, what's your favorite bioproduct, um, Naveen? I would say uh, methanol, sulfuric acid, and uh, lignin, but there are there are many other potential that is coming through our our Circle to Zero initiative from Andritz. Excellent, thanks, brilliant. Um, Yuka, it'd be really good to hear your thoughts uh, on this from the World Bioeconomy Forum perspective. What do you think about this interesting move between these two companies? And uh, maybe you could give us some perspective on how other bio industries are working out there and the partnerships being formed. I thought you were asking also for me what's my favorite. Yeah, bio I already product. know that, but why don't you tell <laughs> okay. us what it is? All right. No, tell yeah. us what it is now. <laughs> it, Put us it, out it of depends. our misery. It depends. There are so many. So, okay, if I am I'm, my, my villa, then it's okay. A burned log, that is even okay to one thing. But okay, now still in the wintertime, it's okay to textiles. Textiles. Okay, but yeah. all in between, so uh, yeah. it depends. Good, yeah, yeah. Textiles. There's a great variety of these, these different type of products. But, but indeed, it's okay. Very interesting to hear all these okay, um, let's say insights that you just shared. That okay, and that okay, a good sort of ecosystem. That okay, description. That okay, that we heard today about this. That okay, methanol and not other products. So that okay, this. Uh, and this, this is very, very important to have in the, to get various stakeholders within the supply chain to be then engaged because the, okay, then these value chains are, are getting stronger. And um, as was said by uh, uh, Matti that enter into okay, the new value chains that you, are, you need to learn out of it that you cannot do this all by yourself. So okay, that is an additional reason to have it good partners in place and uh, this is a good showcase of of it and um, this, this is not only the energy it's not only the fuel they are also okay the materials that okay which are then then evolving and okay like okay sugar streams that how you could then cultivate these these further so and these sugar streams are also available from the pulp meal operations and um, uh, I, I I tend to say so that okay this is okay the pulp uh, mill is okay uh, sort of core for the bioeconomy in that respect that okay this is even though it is okay invented over hundred years ago but it doesn't matter it's also very same that when we are then talking about oil refining and there is also a core that how you could then distinct and how you could then decompose the, the various elements uh, from each other and cultivate this this further so. Uh, uh, this uh, okay, uh, pulp mill is doing exactly so. It is energy efficient, and that is an uh, okay, efficient way also uh, to distinct that okay, when it is the fibers and okay, when it is that, okay, the lignin or whether it is that, okay, um, the sugar streams that okay, which, which you could can that, okay, utilize that, okay, for the various, various, various purposes. So uh, this is really a platform thinking which is then okay, okay, required. And the okay, beauty of all these is that they are based on okay, sustainable uh, sources, and then finally they are then okay, repel, replacing okay, the fossil, fossil-based alternatives. And there we jointly do have some work to do. That you know, okay, when it comes to okay, to, okay, to mitigating the climate change, the incentives do exist. Uh, when it comes to okay, what do you do with the forest? And you are putting the forest aside 
that uh, this is very much incentivized by the okay, uh, climate change policies. <laughs> I wouldn't ask that, okay, that, okay, whether we should then, if there are these kind of incentives, why not having them also for the bioproducts? Because they are playing a very important role uh, that, okay, in terms of okay, mitigating climate change. And um, yeah, this type of topics we are also talking within okay, the World Bioeconomy Forum. And this is actually the reason that for this year, we have selected a team as World Bioeconomy Forum talks on climate. So uh, also welcome to join to that, that discussion. But this was a very grateful discussion. Great. Yeah, it's been a fantastic discussion. I, I, I'd just like to give the opportunity, uh, everybody, just one last final comment. Um, maybe we could start with Matty. What do you think? Can you um, just sum things up? Yeah, yeah, sure. So as, as discussed here, it's, it's clear that we need new in- inventions. We need uh, new ways to think, new processes to, to make this world, world better and, and to make this planet to, to be a good place for us also in the future. And, um, and this is part of that, that job that we are daily doing in, in our, our duties. And, and that's, that's really important call for, for all of us to, to do so that also our, our kids can, can live in this planet. Excellent. Excellent. Jani, anything? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, just amazing to see kind of the, the, the speed of development in the last, let's say, I would say even five years. I think I think uh, I always quote that that when I was uh, in, in a commercial role, kind of uh, renewable and green chemicals were nice to have, but nobody wanted to pay any premium for it. So so it, it was more of a nice yeah. nice to have, but but the world has changed. There's been a lot of happenings in the last the last years, and 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 I think uh, I just see the acceleration of the change, and and it's it's great to be part of the change, and and it's great to be be part of the change with good partners. Absolutely, thank you for that. And Naveen, yeah, I agree with Matti and Janne here, but uh, to add it more, I think there are many opportunities uh, in the craft pulp and paper industry to to really put the bio bioproducts and bioeconomy at at it at it heart and and have a more more bioproducts that would be coming from the pulp and paper industry to produce the green biofuels or bioproducts to be used inside the existing uh, market and uh, as Janne said biopremium is some something that people would pay now but i would look that in the in, in a more positive way that uh, at the end of the day this bio premium even doesn't need to be very specific for products because the uh, products have been changing the the market price and the, and the things are changing so it is uh, essential that we are in a journey to convert of traditionally produced chemicals and, and bioproducts to bioproducts coming from a bioproduct resources. And uh, I think the future is positive for every one of us and also our kids uh, that that to live in a live in a society with uh, peace and prosperity and, and with a with a good good climate. Great. Well, what an excellent discussion. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. We've learned a lot uh, there. We've learned a lot about the opportunities that there are for pulp producers 
about closing loops, about creating new bioproducts. It's great to see that companies like Metza are actually walking the walk, uh, not just talking about it, which is fabulous to see. We've also learned that Circle to Zero is a, a great new initiative from Andritz that can be used to achieve this. And I say to all the listeners here, throw the challenges at Naveen. His team just lapped them up. He, he, uh, the, the team just loves to take on those challenges. And really what this all comes down to, uh, the success of this really, is about dialogue and conversations, or in one word, collaboration. This will be crucial to grasp the wealth of opportunities at stake and develop innovative business models together for sustainable solutions at pulp mills. So, uh, you know, the best of luck to all of you out there. Throw those challenges out and, you know, let's get it all moving. So Andritz is calling all of our valued listeners to action. If any of you have a particular or specific challenge you face, you're most welcome to contact our Andritz experts directly by writing to, and here's an email address, circle to zero at andritz.com. As we've said, uh, they like a challenge and would be delighted to hear from you. You'll also find the email address in the podcast notes of this episode. So first of all, thank you so much, gentlemen, for your time today. It's been really an excellent discussion. And thank you to all of our listeners. Great to have you with us. And goodbye. Goodbye.